I'm Peter Alakawi, and welcome to Life School, the podcast. Each episode, I'll be chatting openly and honestly with a different guest about a whole host of purposeful topics. From personal success and failure stories, to relationship advice, tips and tricks for entrepreneurs, to professional and practical guidance on living a more fulfilled and happy life. I'll be speaking to men and women from all walks of life, all with unique experiences they want to share in the hope of inspiring you. I hope throughout this series you can take away some valuable nuggets of wisdom to help you navigate through life's many twists, turns and lessons. Here at Life School we are all about the business of learning. So let's get on with the show and remember everything you go through grows you. In this episode of Life School I have the pleasure of speaking with master NLP practitioner, clinical hypnotherapist and master life coach Maria Tanzi. Having moved to the UAE six years ago from the UK to work as a business consultant in the hospitality industry, Maria is now based in Dubai and is fully focused on helping her plethora of clients enjoy the best quality of life possible. Have you ever wondered what a life coach actually does? Or maybe you've been thinking you'd like to become one yourself? Well then this is the episode for you. Stay tuned as Maria shares with us what it means to be a life coach, how she became one after spending 16 years in the corporate world, and much more. So without further ado, let's bring on Maria. Enjoy. Maria, welcome to Life School. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for giving me your time today. Um, I've been really excited about this episode. Um, I did share on the Life School ME social media recently that I just finished your six-week breakthrough program, um, which I hope to do an episode on, actually, myself. Um, so yeah, thank you for being here today. Uh, Maria, for those who may not know, please can you explain what a life coach is? A life coach, I think there are many different types of life coaches so, uh, or, and offer different types of services. So what I do is I do focus on personal breakthrough. I suppose someone who comes to a life coach, maybe they are going through something where they're going through a change or they're at a crossroads in their life and they're not sure where, which way to go. Many times in Dubai, uh, it could be that maybe it's a relationship they need help with because they've maybe met somebody in Dubai. They're both from different countries and they can't really see where they're going to be or the future. And um, anyone who's going through a difficult time really and needs some help to get back on track or someone who wants to uh, get something better or more out of their life. What is the difference between a life coach and a therapist? Mm, good question. Well, a life coach is someone who asks questions, doesn't diagnose, asks questions to help you to come up with the answers and is really future focused. A therapist, whether I think that there is a lot of overlap between the two. I mean, it depends what kind of therapist it is that you're talking about. So many times clients will come to me and say, I don't know if I need to see a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a psychotherapist or a coach. But actually, they don't really care. They just want to be able to not feel like they're feeling anymore. And could you see a therapist if you're, you know, if you're feeling anxious or if you're suffering with stress or other symptoms like that? Yeah. Could you see a coach? Yeah, I think that there is quite a lot of crossover. And uh, but I think the biggest thing is that people really don't know where to go. So... Um, um, but yeah, that's really the main difference. I do, ha- I do have a question actually related to that, but I'll come on to that later regarding when someone feels like they do need help, 
who is the best type of professional to turn to but I'll ask you that later um how did you become a life coach Maria I was always interested in psychology and um helping people and many years ago I tried to set up a business many years ago and I uh, wanted to be a therapist I don't didn't know that I wanted to be a coach necessarily I decided that actually I wanted to do NLP so many years ago in the company I was working for they uh, were offering some of the senior team the chance to do go on an NLP training course what is NLP for people listening that might might not know they might have heard of NLP as like a kind of buzzword but what what is it well, it's neuro-linguistic programming, so it's um, using language patterns to, uh, to make change, really, or understanding and uh, using language in a certain way, so kind of linguistics of the mind, if you like. And uh, so I wanted to do this, so it had been on my list for many years. I had this thing that I wanted to uh, do an NLP course, so I contacted somebody out here in Dubai and met with them, and then they said, actually you know, there's a coaching course. So initially I didn't want to do it as a business. I wanted to just do it for my own personal development. And um, because it's very powerful and many people have a big breakthroughs when they go on NLP, specifically with things like letting, overcoming phobias and fears. So I just wanted to do it because I was always interested and I didn't really understand what it was at the time either. So then I, once I'd kind of inquired about it and they asked me if I was gonna set up a business, my first thought was like, no. And um, then before I even started doing the training, actually, I'd already registered my business, got a trade license. And because I knew then that it was actually what I was supposed to be doing. So I just, I'd always knew, and I'd written it down in this book. It sounds silly, but like kind of six years before I'd written, or seven years before I'd written down in a book, all these things that I was going to do. And I knew I was going to do them, and I knew I was going to set up my business, and it just seemed to happen just then. So I did In it. that book, was it coaching? Yeah, I did. I wrote coaching. So it's not a coach. I'm, you know, I'm a coach now and I'm using uh, different techniques and different things. Whether it's a coach forever, I don't know whether that's what I see, that's what I'm going to be doing, or that's not the name that that maybe I'll give to it. Except, but I did write down that I was going to do an NLP course, I was going to do a coaching course, and I'd written all these different things. I'd done all this research and about having um, my own retreat in the Mediterranean wow. and all these different things. So I didn't even know I had the book with me in Dubai and then I, I'd written it in the UK. And uh, so one day, I, it was actually 1st of January, sounds like 1st of January, <laughs> hey! um, New Year. Actually it wasn't, I was being, was like really sick between Christmas and New Year. I was felt really uh, like I didn't know what I was doing. I felt really down actually, I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, it was like this epiphany or anything. And then um, and my sister was arriving that night, actually quite late. And then, but on that day itself, I went and checked and I had this book because I thought, I wonder if I've got that book. And I went to my bookshelf. So for already for the, however many years I've been in Dubai, this book had been with me on the shelf, this notebook. And I just Amazing. opened it and all of these things were there written already in the book. So uh, I suppose I just took that as a sign that I even opened the book or that on that particular day, I was lying in bed and scrolling on like, I don't know whether it's Facebook or on the internet, whether, and then this NLP course came up and that's what kind of started it. So as soon as I saw it, I clicked on, applied to get someone to find out more information. And then straight away I thought, have I got that book? And then it's sort of like this whole thing came back to me that 
I was working in this route, this, in, in this industry, but actually there was this thing that always that I knew that I was meant to do. And then after my sister had left and I contacted the company, met up with them that was doing the training. And I think before, even a month before I even took the training course, before I actually did the qualification or started my qualifications, I'd already registered my uh, business because I knew that I was going to do that. That is amazing. And before that, you weren't doing anything related to no. coaching or counselling or, no. or sort of anything in that no. sphere, really, were I'd you? I studied a, a long time ago, but I've been working in hospitality. And yes, uh, while I was working for hospital in hospitality, so in re restaurant operations, I always did focus on development, on team development, on people. And so that was always my focus. And I suppose, obviously, I was probably coaching and mentoring naturally and, and as part of yeah. my job. Except it wasn't that, it's just that I knew that this was what I was supposed to do. So there, were, there was not even a second, that I didn't even have a doubt. I mean, you've got to, I didn't even know what, I didn't even know didn't anything know how about you were the course get there, or what was going to happen. Yeah. But I just went straight away and um, registered and got my trade license and said, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up my business. And I just did it. I think that's a really powerful message to people who might be doing something right now that they don't feel is their sort of big calling in life so write it down in a book even if you then come back to it in five ten years it doesn't matter I think writing things down is really powerful and just because you're not doing exactly what you might feel you should be doing right now doesn't mean that you can't do it later on yeah absolutely the thing is I think that if you write those things down they're the things that you want to do it's not like writing them down you know, on purpose, why I wrote them down, I mean, I'm sure that no, there's a, so everyone has like a notebook or something where they make um, notes about things that they're going to do or they've got lots of things that they'd like to do or courses or places they'd like to travel to and stuff. So I suppose it's like making a vision board, if you like, except I didn't make a vision board. I just made some research notes in a book and I closed the notebook and then I didn't even think about it until that very day when I decided to do it. So I suppose... It happens for a reason and the only thing I'd say is, is that you can change it's very quickly if you decide that that's what you want to if you want to change career. Do you think that because it was the 1st of January that had anything to do with it because you know every time you know the clock strikes 12 on New Year's Eve we're all like right new year new me I'm going to achieve my goals is it was it anything to do with that or was that a little bit of a no coincidence? It just, it's just a coincidence because honestly I was feeling really low I didn't have any there was not one bone in my body that was like motivated or feeling good I mean even when I scrolled and did the thing I was lying in bed and I, I'd been had a really bad cold over, between Christmas and New Year I didn't do anything I didn't celebrate I was woe is me I was like just wallowing in my own misery and then uh, I, I didn't jump out of bed on 1st of January and be like yay it's 1st of January I just wallowed in bed <laughs> I knew that my sister was arriving that night at um, very late at night so I just scrolled in bed saw this NLP the reason I did it actually is because I'd already given my notice in my previous company and I didn't know what I wanted to do so I suppose there was a sign there is that it wasn't challenging for me anymore and this is in operations and I so I gave them three months notice and after initially working and doing some handovers and stuff I was given the rest of the time off so I was because I didn't know what I was going to do they were very generous and let me kind of uh, take the time to figure out what I wanted to do which was I had no clue That's the perfect I, was not anything, I was not going to do anything I was actually I was um, applying for positions in hospitality in a more senior position 
and um, so then I kind of like had to like this like real backtrack because suddenly I was uh, do I want I changed my direction and but I was already expecting to do this other thing so I knew I was being paid until the beginning of March so and I was going home as well in March I already had a holiday booked and um, so in so January I'd already been off for a few weeks but I was you can imagine I didn't know what I was going to do and it, it takes a while to get a job here as well so I uh, I wasn't even really in a kind of a positive frame of mind I, but I also really do believe that sometimes when you don't have anything that you do need to take time out sometimes to be able for those ideas and things to kind of come to you so perhaps if I was busy it just wouldn't have come to me it was almost as if it came back to me because I had allowed it to so um, and you had I, the space to yeah think I had about the space it. and the reason I thought was when I saw the course I thought what I actually thought was if not now then when so I was just like these some not just this there was a few other things on my list and I was like I've always said that I was wanted to do this. Now I'm being paid, I'm getting my salary, and I've got nothing to do. Like, There's no more excuses. Why wouldn't I be able to do this? Why wouldn't I be able to go on this training course? So initially the NLP course was something like four or five days, so that's really all initially that I, was, I thought I was committing to. So I thought I don't need to book time off work, I can afford to do it, so why not? And then when I got to the, when I met the lady to, to talk to me about the course and stuff, and then she kind of convinced me to do it. And I signed up there and then to do not just the full coaching and the NLP and everything else, but I also signed up and paid to do the master coaching, which was also later on in the year, um, a more intensive version and thorough version of uh, the, the same courses. And, and then that was it. So once I'd done that, I'd kind of like set my intentions and... Um, but I didn't meet her till like maybe the middle of January. But then by before even, yeah, by the 17th of January is when I registered my business. So from the 1st of January, I was thinking about doing an NLP course. 17th of January, my trade license was registered. So I like uh, what you just said then, setting your intentions. Because we all know people, and I've been guilty of it before, we talk about doing things a lot. But then are we actually making any steps towards actually doing them? And then once you've committed to something, that's like, right, you've, you've kind of put, drawn a line in the sand. You're like, no, I am doing this now. Yeah, that, that's it. I did. It was like me for this podcast. It's like, right, once I get the equipment, I am doing this now. I've set my intentions. Stop talking about it. Just do it. Exactly. So I, uh, but I just kind of said, right, okay, why not? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. And that was it. So, and I wanted to do it properly. I wanted to make sure that I was covering myself and that, I was, you know, even though I didn't necessarily start straight away seeing clients, I already was paying for a trade license. Maybe, probably some people think I'm crazy. Maybe I am for doing that. But I, I just think that, I think that I needed to do something to tell myself and to tell like, almost like the universe that I was serious about it. And if I went and did this, even before the training, I didn't go on the training and decide because I knew it wouldn't have mattered what happened on the training or not. I knew that this was what I was supposed to do and that was it. I was like, there was not even any kind of ounce of uncertainty from me. So I just thought, right, that's it, I'm going to do it. And I paid for the courses for the rest of the year so that I would know that I had them and that I'd done everything that I could to um, be ready for my business. How would someone know if they're ready to see a life coach or if in fact they need to see a life coach? Okay, I, I don't think anybody needs to see a life coach. I know I probably shouldn't say that because that's my business. That definitely shouldn't be uh, yeah. the slogan for your business. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think, it, I, I would never tell somebody that they need to see a life coach or to see a therapist or anything because 
I think that if you aren't aware that there's anything that you want to change, I think that then you should just carry on and keep going about your business. I mean, could anyone benefit from doing uh, some work on themselves? I'm sure the answer is yes, but I wouldn't introduce that to somebody to make them feel anxious about something. I think you have to trust yourself to know. If, you, if you're fine as you are, I wouldn't tell anyone to say, yeah, go, you can work on that or you can help with this X, Y, and Z. If someone's happy, they should just carry on being happy or doing what they're doing with their content. The only time that I would say to get some help is that when you want to make a change and you're not really sure how to do it, or you've tried already before and those uh, it kind of didn't work out and you want to make sure or you, you want to kind of get to the root of the problem and fix it once and for all. So that's the, the time. And there's nothing, no harm in whatever it is, that whether you think it's a small issue or a big issue from the past, something that's troubling you today, is at least just go and see. Most coaches will offer a complimentary session or at least a phone conversation first so that you can talk through whatever it is that you're you're experiencing and they'll give you an indication of whether they're the right person to help you or whether they could recommend you to go and see somebody else and like you said whether it's a therapist whether they need somebody kind of um, with more medical training or um, or whether they can it's something that you can work through with a coach for so um. this this kind of leads me on to the question I wanted to ask before so since I've done your program I've had a few friends that are like oh my god how was it I've got a few things that I really want to work on, but I didn't know whether that should be a therapist because doesn't a life coach just kind of tell you to be really positive and, you know, write your goals down and do vision boards and uh, preach at how to be positive and uh, self-motivated. Uh, you know, they, a few of my friends have said, oh, you know, I thought maybe I'd need like um, a psychologist or a therapist or, and I'm like, no, just go, well just go see Maria I don't know about any other life coaches but because it for me it wasn't that it wasn't it wasn't you well first of all I didn't realize that it involved a lot of you asking me questions but it wasn't just you giving me tools I felt like you really kind of brought things out of me and it, to me it felt very much like therapy so my question is if someone does have a problem how do they know who they should go to can a life coach generally help with all sorts of issues or if you've got something in particular should you go and see someone that specializes in something what's your kind of take on that it depends what you mean by what sort of problems so what what do you mean by what sort of problems so like I've got a couple of friends who really suffer with anxiety um and they're finding finding it very hard to sometimes have a positive outlook on certain situations in their life so would they need to see a therapist because that could be linked to something that happened when they were younger or could a life coach help them in that situation um well first of all i think that if they haven't approached anybody even if they say that it's because they don't know how who to go to maybe it would suggest to me that they don't need to see anybody yet because they well, they're not ready well they're not ready if they haven't picked up the phone it's like saying actually i want to buy a car or a new car but not actually going to have a look for any or not going to any showrooms to, to find out what it is, you know. You might choose to... Um, so if, they're, if they aren't engaging with anybody, so it would be wrong for me to say that you couldn't find that help with somebody else or for me to say that I'm not diagnosing, I'm not a medical doctor and I'm not going to diagnose somebody. Although I can help with the symptoms of anything that uh, someone or a coach could help with uh, working through the symptoms that 
someone might be experiencing from any type of, uh, um, such as anxiety or if they're feeling stressed. When you said earlier, is that someone that your friends were saying, you know, like, oh, I don't know if I need to see like a psychologist, psychotherapist, it's like, it's almost like that t can tell you that we often think that our problem is bigger than it is. It's like, nobody just not just a coach could that is help so me true. You know, it has to be somebody it'd have to be like the best psychiatrist in the whole of the world who could help me because i'm such a tough cookie and i'm my problems are so much more complex don't waste my time with a coach well you know i see clients who've come who've already been to see a psychiatrist have already been to psychologists and some of them who've been to see all three as psychotherapists as well and then they come to me to a coach and actually, finally, they, they get the results with me when actually it should be me that they come to first uh, rather than and then working their way, way up to something that's um, someone who's more medically experienced or can diagnose. So uh, first of all is that if they're really serious, then they'll find somebody. Now, the biggest thing I would say is that you need to find somebody that you believe that you can work with. I've been to see different people here in the UAE and in uh, the UK before who are extremely experienced and I have had terrible experience with them. So it doesn't necessarily mean because someone has, because they are a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a psychotherapist, that someone is necessarily going to help you to, or that you'll even have that kind of rapport. So for me, it's actually, you'll have the best results. Of course, you need to go to someone who's competent and has been trained and someone who is able and equipped to be able to help you to work through whatever it is that you're dealing with. And, Nobody can know that until you meet somebody case by case and then they say to you that this is what I'm experiencing. Because sometimes the problem isn't always the problem, maybe it's actually something else. And um, so you have to go and see. Do you find that a lot, by the way? So people will come to you and say, you know, I'm struggling with X, Y, Z, but actually that's not, that's not the root of the problem at all. Yes, 100%. Yes, because it's almost like if you're like... Um, your subconscious is like just wants to like divert your attention somewhere else so it gives you what I call fake problems and uh, tells you to kind of like look over here instead of like look here um, in, inside you and to do anything so it, it, it's almost as if some of those those problems are the real ones and some of them are actually just fake created ones to keep you busy looking and not actually resolving it because it's scared or it doesn't want you to be vulnerable and um, so yes yeah, you're not ready to let go. Yes, yeah, perhaps. Okay, so this is a fairly general question, but something I think we can all relate to. How would you help someone worry less and enjoy life more? Mm, well, first I would check to make sure that that's what they actually wanted to do. So to worry less, so I can work through, so when you take go through a personal breakthrough experience, you're, the focus is that when coaching they say it's either a negative emotion from the past or it's a limiting belief. So when you work on those two elements, they are kind of like the main parts of it. And you'll release so much stuff or so much kind of emotional baggage from the past, which will allow you to be able to be free if that is what you want. Because sometimes people don't actually always know what it is that they would you know, what would they do when they worry less? So that could be almost like a bit of a fake problem because if I said to somebody, today you can fix everything and you walk out of here and you know that whatever you do tomorrow or whatever you do today, you won't fail at, what would you do? And 
you know what, I think actually the overwhelm of thinking that if I did fix all of these things, then I would have to do a change. So if I fix all these things, then maybe I will have to change something in my relationship or I would have to address this or I'll have to go to all those places that I wanted to go to uh, or change my job. And those things are, are tougher. So actually, it's almost like, well, rather keep the worry every day. So keeping the worry, <laughs> sometimes is almost like... Um, there on purpose rather than to protect you from the being uh, uh, even braver or comfortable to to make the changes that you might want to make in other aspects of your life so um you know worrying less i think that everything that we do is there for a reason it's have got a purpose so worrying is preventing something else from you know it's it's doing that to uh, prevent you from feeling something else and Maria, what is a self-limiting belief? Well, all beliefs are limiting. So, because if, if I believe, um, you know, this is white, then it's not cream, or every belief is limiting because if I believe it's something, it's not something else. The thing is, is it's not just that it's an unhelpful limiting belief or a belief that you want to change. So, you might have a belief about something from when you were younger, which you're happy and you want to keep, and even though it might be something that was passed on to you, from your parents because they told you about the value or money or you have to work hard in life or you might want to keep that but if you don't want to keep that belief then it becomes what I would call a limiting belief because you want to do something else and you can't do it because you're um, you know you've decided you because of that belief it's like stopping you from having a different belief. Maria can you tell me three things we can all start doing today to live a more fulfilled and happy life? Well, I would not want to tell someone something to do because I know invariably they won't do what I say to do. So I should do uh, reverse psychology and not tell them to worry more, worry less. Because if it was that easy, then people would just do it. So I'm very careful when I'm giving out advice or saying anything like that uh, because that's not what life coaches do. Um, however, I would just say that just carry on be be yourself and do what you what do whatever you're doing and if you want to make a change then uh, you know do something about it if I was saying to someone whether there was possibility that they could change or make changes to their life then yeah of course there is it's never too late to do something or to make a change or so however far you are down one route or however long you felt a certain way for I know that you can make those changes oh I would just say uh, so I can't really say three things because I would say be yourself, um, give yourself a break, don't give yourself a hard time for, you know, things that you've done, things you've done in the past or things that you've done, you know, of when you've done something the same, when you've repeated the same mistake. Um, I just think there are enough other people to be able to judge us or criticize us. So don't, you know, be as judge free or you know judge it less um, yourself and just give yourself you know give yourself a break really yeah I think we can all be really hard on ourselves I'll sometimes find myself getting annoyed with myself about something I did years ago like I'll remember something that I did and I'll get really annoyed or angry with myself and I'm like why am I and it, it can come from nowhere it can just pop into my my mind I'm like, oh, I really don't like how I behaved in that situation or 
oh, I don't like that that didn't go well on that day or whatever it whatever it may be and yeah I think we do need to give ourselves a break sometimes okay so we're going to do a quick fire round now Maria okay. um first question favorite quote mm, be the change that you want to see in the world I love that that's gonna be my next uh, quote on my Instagram but underneath I'll put Maria Tams it's not my quote come on <laughs> Whose quote is it? Do you know? Gandhi. It's Gandhi. Oh, okay. Best piece of life advice you've ever been given? Be Probably just be yourself or uh, that someone's given me. Um, yeah, just be yourself. Mm. Favorite tool or app for helping organize your life? If you have one. I need more help. I need someone to help me to do that. I don't know whether an app can do it. <laughs> I don't have anything. I'm not, you know, I actually I need to um, bring something, some more organization into my, definitely into my business as well, because um, I, I need like have a, I need a VA or something now. Mm. So um, nothing. I mean, I couldn't live without my calendar. That's it. But apart from that, that's the only thing that I really use to kind of keep me on track. And, uh, but I need something else. Maria needs a PA. Yes. That's what she needs. Biggest pet peeve when it comes to business? Mm. Oh, from other people, pushiness. I I operate my business the way I would like to be treated myself, and I don't like people who chase me. It drives me crazy, actually. And um, because sometimes I I'll do if I want to do something, if I want to buy something, I'll do it in my own time. And even if I'm looking today, I might be able to buy next week. But if you contacted me six times before next week, probably I'm not going to buy it anymore because you've annoyed me so much. So I don't operate like that either with any of my clients. I don't chase them. If they come for a consultation, that's fine. They can, um, you know, if they decide that they want to change their minds and they don't sign up, that's fine as well. I'm not going to chase after them to 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 try to convince them to, to, to start coaching with me. So, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I find that here you get it's like one extreme or the other though. People are either really, really pushy, or then they disappear and you can't get hold of them when you need something from them. Do you find that as well? It's like literally one extreme to the other here. I think sometimes I sign up for things like maybe there's someone else, like a maybe like a hypnotherapist or someone that I'm following or someone's um, email that I've signed up to, and then. Before I've even got time, the chance, or before I've made time to read even the first one that they've sent me, or the first one that they've sent out, I've already had, you know, six more, six more emails, and it's just too much, and I'm like, come on, like, when, I don't have all that time available to be able to do all of those things, so, um, yeah, it's this information overload on too much, too much contact, and, uh, you know, just allow someone, give someone space enough to be able to to purchase something or to take the time and depending on how much money you're spending we when we're spending committing to a lot of money we want to or we're, when we're buying something that's an important or a significant item regardless of the, the even of the price of it so actually we want to have all nice feelings associated with it and I, you know, I don't want someone to introduce any kind of I don't want to feel any kind of anxiety around purchasing it I just want to have a really nice buying experience so I think doing things online or signing up for things I don't think we've quite got it right because it's very it seems to be very common whereas when you go in a shop you you expect somebody to contact you but I don't want they wouldn't run out on the street to chase me when they see me next time if I didn't buy something 
But I think feel like that's like it is when someone is, um, you know, approaching or you when you've done something through email or um, an example is actually I'm looking for a, I was looking for a different office, an office space, and I contacted one company and they gave my details out to about uh, 20 different companies in the UAE and uh, I, I, honestly they can't stop calling me. It's like three or four times a week it's almost like desperation as well like you can you can sense it it's yeah they're driving me crazy it's like i'm going to do it when it's the right time for me when i have the time i have your details i know where you are yeah i'm looking at them when i can except my whole full-time job is not looking for a new office it's it's doing my full-time job you know so i you know for things like that i just think come on you're introducing this thing. It's like, it's too much. It's like, just back off or ask me how I'd like to be contacted, you know, and saying, oh, are you still looking for an office? It's like, yes, but I'm not going to choose you. If you don't stop, if you just leave me alone and let me get on with it when the time's right. Because maybe I'm looking now, but I actually don't want to start until September. Or maybe I'm looking now. I don't want someone to be so pushy because I'll lose the sale with me anyway. I know that everybody operates in a different way, but with me, that then you would lose it because I I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. So any uh, real estate agents or just general salespeople listening, back the f off. <laughs> Chill out. We have your number. We know where you are. <laughs> yeah, because I think everybody knows when they want to buy something or not. Yeah, of course. Especially like you say with a big purchase, it's like give me time. I need time to look at my options. Let me enjoy the yeah. experience, not like hassle me. You know. So it's like psychology, isn't it, when it comes to to selling? Um, Maria, what's your most important life lesson so far? Okay. Something that's, I don't know if it's my most important life lesson, because I, can't, I haven't got time to analyze my whole life, but what I would say is something that I've realized since I started the business, which is very, very important, I definitely tell everyone about this, is because it's just, um, I suppose you don't know the value of something, do you, until you don't have it anymore. And, um, you know, appreciating having a regular salary every month, or knowing that, not a regular yeah, a regular certain, so it doesn't matter how much it is, but knowing how much, what you can do and with the freedom that that offers so you know when clients tell me that they want to change their role or they want to get um set up their own business you know i will always can i just bring my husband in for this bit <laughs> rami <laughs> what i say to him is just don't do it yet you know just take the time to pay for all the things that you need buy get the website done Get the get your business cards. Pay for any you know whatever marketing you need, or you know save up so that you've got you know at least six months worth of bills. Because you cannot know until you've taken that plunge to set up your own business. I can't live like I feel like I live like um. It's almost like I I I've gone back to being like a student again. Because amen, sister. I <laughs> hand to mouth is what my mum calls it living hand to mouth it's like literally where is my next meal coming from <laughs> can we make it a ladies night please <laughs> exactly so it's just um yeah it's a, i think that's a, a really big eye opener really big learning because actually you don't realize that since i started working whenever i started working when i was like i don't know 16 or something is that you understand that you that you, this is what you're going to get you've done this and this is what you're going to get and you know where it's coming from so you can manage your life like that as in you can plan holidays you can plan purchases big purchases 
when you're not, it's like not all months are created equal, uh, equally. So especially perhaps in the UAE where we have people leaving for holidays and uh, the different timings of Ramadan throughout the year. Those kind of things can impact it, even in December at Christmas when people go back home. So, you know, not all, all you can think, yes, yes, I've got I've like the best month ever. And then after that month, then it's like, okay, hello. It's like, what happened? So it, it, you almost like what I did was, um, I think I got to a point where I was like, okay, you can't carry on living your life. Like you're still earning a regular salary. And it's not about the money or having less. It's actually about saying, you know, you've got to know what's going to come in. And when you're working for yourself or you set up your own business, it's about reducing your own stress. What I found was that actually I was finding it, I was, it was incurring stress for me because I'm worrying about it all the time, thinking, how am I going to cover that quarterly rent bill that's coming up? Or how am I going to cover this X, Y, and Z? Uh, because it's very, very different. So I'm, I want my job is helping people to remove their stress and I'm actually finding my own stress. So I kind of changed my circumstances and reduced like my outgoings by probably like, I don't know, maybe 10, 12,000 a month so that I could make sure that I was, at least I could kind of breathe every month. And if I have to, for the time being, uh, that I can, you know, I'm saying, okay, I'm gonna pay for this. So I'm gonna live like this. I don't need to have all of those things and I, you know, we'll just make sure that I can make it easy every month to meet the bills and to be able to invest. I invest a lot of money back into my business and I'm planning like the next stage. So, um, yeah, so for anyone who's thinking about setting up their business, like while you're still getting a salary, you can never know what it's like. Yeah, utilize that money. <laughs> Do everything that you need while you have that money now because you cannot even understand the impact when you're like looking and thinking and everyone tells you or and there's you know, nothing coming tell- in <laughs> yeah you'll be fine yeah everything's gonna be fine okay but I, I you just don't know where that is you know like I, I actually want to do an episode with you just on this topic of financial stress because I have experienced it and it wasn't long ago that I was in the thick of it, when you are worried about money, for me, it literally was like the only thing I could think about. And it, even when I didn't realize I was thinking about it, it kind of like fog, it was like a fog in my mind the whole time. And it really, it really impacted all the decisions I made yeah, as well. Absolutely. Every decision I made was based on my, my financial situation. And it can be really debilitating. It's one of the most stressful, especially here when you're, you know, you're away from, friends and family and um you know there are big serious consequences to missing bills here (laughs) um it's not like you can just uh, go into liquidation and fold your company and start again you know it's it's not like that here at all so I do want to do an episode with you just on that because it can be it's just one of the most stressful things isn't it and especially if your job is to help other people you want to make sure that you're clear-minded and not worried about your own situation. Yeah, you're absolutely right, but what you said is that it, I mean, I can't say for everyone else, but I'm saying for me is that it impacts my own, um, my own thought processes so much, it's like occupies your time, and I, I don't think that we can do our jobs as well as we could do when we're having that kind of constant worry all the time. And, you know, um, so for anybody who has friends who does, you know, who they've got friends who've got, the, who've got their own business or uh, they know someone, you know, just give them a break sometimes. We're going to have a good old chat with Rami after this. My husband, who's literally in the next room, who quit his job of 10 years 
three weeks ago <laughs> to start his own business. <laughs> but it is the right time for him. But I think we, uh, yeah, we'll continue this conversation after. Maria, if you could give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Well, when I was 16... But I know it's not 18, but when I was 16, I remember saying that by the time I'm 25, I will have had a career, I've got married, and I've already had children. Like, what was I even thinking about? <laughs> but when you're 16, 25 seems really grown up. You're like, yeah. oh, I'll have it cracked by then. Yeah, I'll have smashed it by then. Somebody told me the other day, she even has friends who are 40. I was like, oh, even as old as 40. Even, even as, as old as 40. As 40. I was like, well, well I wouldn't know about that. I'm still only, <laughs> I'm only like 30, just 30. So um, um, what I would tell my 18-year-old self, probably to, God, like, just, you learn so much in that time. It's just such a different, um, not even to relax. I thought, the thing is, when I was 18, I think it's the other way around. I think my 18-year-old self needs to come back to now and say, what do you think, what are you doing sometimes? You know, maybe my 18-year-old self needed to come forward to 28 or something or after that. And uh, because, actually, I was very headstrong when I was, uh, I'm not saying that I'm not now, but I kind of, at 18, I had a real sense of, um, you know, this is right and this is wrong and this is, you know, and blah blah and then obviously everything probably got blurred somewhere in the middle but I remember being maybe I was when I was 25 thinking like what's happened to you like all these things that you wouldn't have never have done before you're suddenly doing those things and you know that's why when they say to children you know don't behave or like don't behave like this so I can't believe what you're doing but actually how is it okay when we're adults that we were doing those same kind of things that we are telling you know children or uh, young adults uh, not to do so um I think that it would just be to, I don't know, I would have said carry on doing what you're doing then and um, I wouldn't necessarily change anything that I've done actually. Do you think, because when you're younger there's an element of kind of fearlessness, it's almost like, I don't know, you kind of don't, you're not so worried about so many things, I think, because as you get older inevitably there's more responsibilities and we can get more insecure about things do you think that's part of it do you feel like when you were 18 you were maybe more you say headstrong but were you more just did you just go for things and not sort of worry as much maybe I I just think that I had uh, it was easier to be able to say oh you know this is the this is the right way to do things or to behave or these are the yes no I would never do that I would never and it's almost like everything I said I'd never do, I probably have done. And um, and perhaps it's great that I didn't do it when I was um, 18. And But I don't know whether I would say as an adult that uh, I behaved in a way that I would want to recommend, to, you know, like to a child or to even my younger self. I think it is the other way around to say, like, how is it when you were 18 you were like this and now... When, you know, I'm thinking back to times when I was like 25, you know, 30, whatever, thinking like, what are you doing? Like, get a grip of yourself because actually it's almost like the other way. Maybe you're sure of yourself because, and then other things start to happen or, you know, life happens. And before I know it, the, the, it's not as black, and, which is what I know now, is that it isn't just black and white, that it's more like 50 shades of grey, um, I wish. And uh, 
Oh, that's been one of my biggest loads. My mum always used to say to me, Peter, things are not just black and white. And I was like, yes, they are. But it's easy. But now I know there are 50 shades of grey, yes. <laughs> well, I think though that it's safe. It's when it, when it is um, black and white, when it's just black and white, it does, it kind of feels easier and you know exactly, you're, it's very uh, clear of what to do. And then uh, when you realise that actually life isn't like that. And um, so... Yeah, 18, it was fine. So I just after that. It's all the years after. Maria, your final life school question. What do you know for sure? I think I know for sure that we're always changing. And that, you know, change, that's, that's all I'd say is like change is inevitable. Because I don't know, I'm trying to think of other things that I know for sure. No, you've nailed it. Change is inevitable. I love that. Yeah. Very life coach, very diplomatic. Nailed it, Maria. Nailed it. Maria, thank you so much for today. If people want to find you on Instagram, what's your handle? At Maria Tansy Coaching. Maria Tansy Coaching. And website is www.mariatansy.com. Is that right? And uh, for anyone listening who's interested in having a session with you, do you offer a first free consultation or how, how does it work yeah absolutely Just before I say bye so to you. If you could you can contact me either way or go on the website and fill in the contact form and I'll come back to you straight away and uh, let me know a little bit of the details about what you work, want to work on and yes I offer a complimentary consultation to everybody and uh, actually I would recommend you to do that first to make sure that I'm the right person for you and that we're you know a good fit to work together and uh, so yes please do get in touch if you think that I can help you Amazing. Maria, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you. If you'd like to find out more about Maria and her coaching programs, just check out the show notes. You can also visit her website, www.mariatanzi.com. And as always, if you'd like to find out who my guests will be on the next episode of Life School, follow us on Instagram at LifeSchoolME, where you can keep up to date with all our news and find information on all our amazing guests. Thank you for listening to Life School, conversations to inspire action.